Sometimes you want to go into your game and kill giant beasts, level entire cities with your incredible power. Other times, you want to throw a rager and shotgun nail with your bros. This week on Schedule for Launch, join me, Zach Walsh, as I talk with Jeffrey Golden about his 5e module, Target Run. This hilarious piece, inspired by classic slobs versus snobs movies of the 80s and 90s, will have you working together to enjoy your own vacation and help become a sport legend. We talk comedy, writing, and other projects. Welcome to Schedule for Launch, a podcast to discover projects you may have missed. And this week, I am very excited to be joined by Jeffrey Golden on on the show. Uh, Jeffrey, thank you so much for coming on. And thanks for having me, Zach. This is great. I'm excited to be on the show. I'm excited to do this chill hang. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna chill. We're gonna hang. And we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about fun projects. What what better way to spend your time? Exactly. We're going to be talking about Target Run specifically today. We're going to talk about a couple other little things because you've done a lot of stuff. I have done a lot of stuff. Yeah, you have. <laughs> so, <laughs> which like people who are listening to this could be like, "Hey, wait a second, isn't that the the D and D one?" I'm like, yeah, "Okay, here's the thing. I don't hate D and D. Like, <laughs> I, I have like." So a, a big thing on the show was I was like, I don't know if we'll ever bring anybody on for a D&D thing. And mm. then the next week I brought somebody on for a D&D thing. I was like, Listen. I don't know if I'll ever do that again. And here we are. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. It's, you know, I, I, I love indie RPGs. I've created and published indie RPGs in the past. Yeah. Um, but it's also, I recognize that it's difficult to fight City Hall. Um, it, most, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, it's like Xerox or Kleenex. It's like, it's what people think of when they think of role-playing games. So, um, you know, my hope is to just do it with, with working, uh, with D&D is to make something really different, make a different kind of experience, something fun and unique, um, that you wouldn't maybe normally, uh, you wouldn't normally get at your local game shop. And that's what I'm trying to do with Target Run. Yeah, we're going to get into that in just a moment. But before that, uh, could you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Uh, well, I'm a game designer and a narrative designer. Um, my day job is I work in video games as a narrative designer, and uh, which means I do everything related to story. So anything related to story, uh, characters, quests, that kind of stuff falls under my umbrella. And I've worked for Capcom, uh, Ubisoft, Square Enix, Disney Interactive, and for indie studios around the world. Um, in, uh, in the RPG space, uh, I'm a game designer. Some of my tabletop projects include um, Helm Greycastle for Image Comics, uh, Wet Hot American Summer Fantasy Camp uh, RPG. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, oh, I need to get a mod. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had seen that, I was like, I know what that one is. <laughs> the um have you pl- have, so are you are you familiar with the movie or netflix uh, series of white hot american summer i'm familiar with both and i just haven't had the time like yeah oh i said to actually watch it well listen i i love the movie the movie's one of my favorite yeah. movies of all time um and it was a real honor um to to pitch that to david wayne who is the director of the film <laughs> and uh, to have him be like involved with it as long with some of the actors from the film it was a really a really cool project, really like a really weird thing. It's what ended up happening with the with the Wet Hot game, which is really funny. So there's the Wet Hot American Summer movie, 
mm-hmm. and the Wet Hot American Summer Netflix series. And yeah. the movie uh, features D&D prominently. It is, a, it is an, uh, an important part of the film. It's, I would definitely call it like a film... Like if you're thinking about like films that have D and D in them in like a fun way, like I would definitely put Wet Hot American Summer on that list. Okay. Um, but uh, the Netflix series doesn't have it, so uh, there were definitely fans of Wet Hot American Summer who only know the Netflix series, who were very confused by the idea of a tabletop role playing game, like a Wet Hot. American. It's like, why would you do a Wet Hot American Summer role playing game? It makes no sense. It's like, well, have you seen the movie? It's like, there's a movie. And it's like I, I don't under, which I don't understand because the Netflix series is like specifically called like five years like it's like a pre they're prequel it's like a yeah. prequel and then uh, and then a sequel to the movie so it to me it's weird to not have seen the movie but uh, whatever to each their own <laughs> um, but it was a really fun project to work on and and uh, yeah if you want to if you want to role play a, in a crazy. A camp environment in a summer camp environment and have one wild day at camp with your friends uh, i i recommend uh tracking down wet hot american summer fantasy camp i think you could still get it on amazon it's uh it's it's like a rare book now but i think you can still find like copies of it like it's so like... funny just <laughs> i love the concept too just like in general i think it's so good Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's activities based. So, yeah. well, so so it's like if you're a camper, there's two different tracks. There's like the camper and the counselors. Okay. The, the campers are like assigned tasks that they're, they're assigned like uh, their day is like scheduled out for them. Sort of sort of like uh, like with mini activities. So they, okay. they like, mini, like a bunch of mini games. Um, but the campers, they're assigned a bunch of tasks that they're supposed to avoid. <laughs> in order to get into adventures, but if they get caught, they'll get in trouble. So, uh, so there's two like very different ways to play the game. One is you could play it like very much like regimented, like a fun day, like by the books kind of camp experience, and the other is like an experience where you get into trouble and scrapes and uh, all kinds of weird, weird uh, fridge humping action. Uh, it's a lot of fun. If you're familiar again, if you're familiar with the movie. You understand fridge humping action makes a lot of sense to you. And if not, you're like, what you're like are you me talking right now. about? You're fridge humping? Why is there fridge humping in this game? Yes, there's fridge humping in the game and the original the original uh, comedy film. Uh, it's a great scene. So I won't, I won't spoil it, but it's a very funny scene in the film. <laughs> so what is Target Run then? Yeah. So, uh, so Target Run um, is taking sort of similar principles. So, so Wet Hot American Summer, uh, you know, well, the, the role-playing game, Fantasy Camp, based on the film. And that film is based on uh, 80s camp movies, uh, summer mm-hmm. camp movies like Meatballs and uh, State Park. It's other ones that are sort of in this genre of camp and outdoorsy 80s comedies. And I, I love goofy weird like 80s movies um and 90s movies too it's definitely uh there there was a for a while there was a youtube account that was called it came from the bargain bin and it was what a what a service that was i think it got shut down but what a service it was because it had like all these weird movies that you you can't find them anywhere it's not like these are movies 
you know, HBO Max isn't prominently featuring, you know, <laughs> Snow Bunnies 4, you know, but uh, but but these YouTube accounts have them and they're they're trashy and silly and fun. So anyway, um, one of my uh, one of my favorite movies of all time is Caddyshack. I love Caddyshack. Yeah. I'm a big fan. And uh, so I was I was taking this class during the pandemic. This write your first uh, write your first role playing game workshop, your first D and D D and D game workshop. Now, I, to this point, I had already written a number of tabletop role playing projects, but uh, friends of mine kept asking me, "Do you know how to write like a D and D encounter? Like, do you know how to write D and D campaigns?" And enough people asked me that I was like, "Maybe I should learn how to do this," because people are sort of like projecting it onto me as like as like oh i must be a guy who knows how to do this so i was like okay i'll I'll follow that path and see where it takes me so there's a class the rpg writers workshop and uh, and i decided to take it and one of the pieces of advice that they give you is to base your first uh encounter on a movie or film or tv show or property that you really like and i was Mm -hmm. like oh like could there like what about like D &D sports what about like a D&D sports comedy? That could be really interesting. And so that's what Target Run is. Target Run is a D&D sports comedy in the style of Caddyshack, uh, Mighty Ducks, Major League, um, these like slobs versus snobs comedies. And uh, you, uh, your adventuring party are, uh, are accompanying, you're the entourage of Taz Fan, who is a wealthy uh, and fun-loving dwarf who is trying to uh, break the elf ceiling in the world of Allegan, which is like an elves-only sport that's played in an elite country club in the trees <laughs> called tree, uh, called Overtop Heights. And uh, so, uh, so you're trying to help her break into the sport. I mean, well, the way that you do it is by challenging the current champions to a game of Allegan. So it's you and your party who've never played before. Uh, you're the slobs versus these snobby elite uh, elven uh, high elf players who uh, who control the fate of Tazman. And meanwhile, you could get into all kinds of crazy hijinks at the overtop heights. You could really trash the place. Um, but there's a lot to explore. There's, uh, there's a conspiracy going on. There are uh, there's a, a group of pixies, revolutionary pixies that you can need to help. Um, you could do food fights. You could do wild stuff. Uh, there's like a spa, so like you can uh, you can relax in tree sap and like you know you could do the whole thing just like a relaxing vacation for your characters too. Like there's there's this whole other track that you could go on. So mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's trying to bring that spirit, that anarchic fun spirit. Um, and at the heart of it is the game Allegan, which is a, a sport, a D&D sport that you can play. And you can take it out of Target Run and put it into your own homebrew campaign. So, uh, so it just comes out, you know, like a Lego brick and you can put it into your own uh, campaign, too, if you want. Uh, a fun and it's an archery sport. It's like team archery. So you okay. think like hockey meets archery meets laser tag. And that's Allegan. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty wild. It's 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 pretty it's pretty fun stuff. That's actually something I wanted to sort of bring up in this one is um, that on the blurb that you sent me from DMs Guild, Target runs kind of like a palate cleanser that you can just kind of like pick up and 
drop into your own game. Right. What goes into designing a game that works like that? You, so that's a great question. So uh, for me, it was really thinking about my own campaigns and thinking about like what what do I what would I want as uh, you know as a character you know when I play you know I always think about okay we go to these like we go climb these mountains with our characters we go you know into a volcano we go fight a dragon in a cavern and then we come back to town. And it's like immediately like we go to a job board and it's like, here's the next thing you're doing. And it's like, God, that's ex- that's exhausting. Like if I was that character, I'd be exhausted. <laughs> yeah, right? that makes sense. I mean, yeah, like I could go and I could sleep it off. I guess I could, I you know, could take a healing potion or whatever. But like I don't feel like that's like restful for your soul like as a mm-hmm. character. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so for me, it was just thinking about like, oh, like what about like a vacation setting like treating it like you're on break you know which is great it's like a pit stop between your epic adventures you know it's a it's it's the classic in the tv show it's the beach day episode you know or the you know there's always an episode you know there's always in a story you always want that like rest stop that like especially in like a heavy action you know if you're going back to back to back with these things you want one where it's like funny or different or you know as sort of a palate cleanser. So that that was what I was thinking, like trying to um, give trying to serve players, serve a dungeon, ma- you know, serve a dungeon master. And also like, you know, with a homebrew campaign, it's a lot of work, especially yeah. like a long running one. It's tons of work putting into creating these things. So I just thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool to give them something that, you know, to give the DM a break too? here's uh-huh. something that that they don't have to design from whole cloth. You can, you know, you can insert this in maybe while you're also in the background, like you're, oh, I didn't, haven't quite figured that out yet. I'm still working on that. So maybe I could just put this in as just slide that right in. It's just like something fun we can do. You know, like yeah. a, like a, like a, like a school field trip, you know, like, <laughs> oh, we're going to go to the science center this, this today. You know, we're doing something different, you know, get us out of the classroom. Yeah. You know, yeah. Let's get us out of the mindset of uh, okay, we beat up a dragon this week. Next week, we're going to take on a beholder. It's like it's like, well, hold on a minute. Like time out. Like <laughs> let's go to a let's let's go to a resort and Come and relax. Money. Yeah, yeah, and make some money. Yeah, Tasman is very wealthy and she's a good tipper too. So <laughs> uh, so I, you'll you'll uh, you will you will like her company. <laughs> and as I sort of stated before you've written a lot of stuff but from most not not all but most a lot of your your games that you've designed and your your content it typically has like a really heavy comedic twist which is so hard to write in this (laughs) space it is like yeah you can your your broody your brooding modules (laughs) modules <laughs> are a dime a dozen i'm sorry everybody's made their their fantasy heartbreaker right so obviously part of it is because of what you write for companies but what draws you to making sure that you write your games with a comedic twist yeah i mean it's part of my voice uh you know i grew up uh, i loved uh, video games I, I i grew up playing some tape playing tabletop games but I was always most attracted to things that were funny. It's just been my life. When I was very, very young, 
Um, my dad would make me these like mixtapes of his like favorite comedy sketches and stuff. So, you know, be like Monty Python and uh, Stan Freeberg, um, Bob and Ray. Uh, yeah, I, I had a lot of old radio tapes and I loved comic books. I loved, uh, you know, I had a complete collection of like Garfield treasuries. I loved Gar- reading the old really? Garfield books. Oh, yeah. Mike. And in fact, I loved Garfield so much that I would do my sister's chores to get her Garfield books. That's how much I loved. That's how much I loved Garfield books. She'd be like, "Oh, you know, if I do your chores for two weeks, can I get that? Can I get Garfield Ghost Hollywood?" And she'd be like, "Make it two and a half." It's like, "God damn it! All right, <laughs> I really want that book, and I don't have any money. I am a child, so <laughs> so I guess this is what's happening." Um, so I was always, I've always been attracted to comedy and, um, you know, even playing some of my earliest uh, tabletop games, I, I wanted to infuse comedy when I would play. So we, there was a game called, uh, one of the first games I pl- ever played was called Aberrant. Which okay. Was, uh, you're, you're familiar with it? I yeah. Think it's, it's, yeah, now it's published by Onyx, but yeah. before it was published by White Wolf, I, I think that was. Yeah, that, that's how it goes. Yeah. And uh, it's like a an X Men universe. So you have these characters, Novas, who are like mutants, and they get their powers at, in adolescence, and you form superhero teams. Yeah. And uh, I I loved the game. I, I thought it was it was super engaging. It was really really cool. But I wanted to play. I was a really big fan of the Tick. I was also a big oh. fan of X Men, but I was also a really big fan of the Tick. So I wanted to play a character that was kind of like the Tick. Um, so I ended up creating uh, the Wire Whisk. <laughs> who is a, a, a mutant uh, chef who, when he, the sound of the whisk uh, slashing through the air is like a call to animals in the area. The animals will come and well, so squirrels will come or chipmunks will come or whatever and, uh, and uh, attack our enemies and distract them or what have you. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so, so my first instinct is generally comedy. I, I do this series um, called Adventure Snack, which is like yeah. an, it's, uh, oh yeah, you probably maybe have saw it on my site. It, yeah, I went through it a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a mini RPGs by newsletter. And so it's like, mm-hmm. uh, it's like choose your path adventure games. They're funny and they're in different genres and they're silly and they, uh, they come to your, to your email. And I, I, I love writing them. I, I just, I love exploring genres and like exploring ideas and humor is a good way to do that because it's yeah. like it's humor is all about like breaking down boundaries and like examining stuff and like really thinking about it and that's kind of my instincts as a designer mm-hmm. and so uh, and so yeah I like I like adventure snack because it gives me an opportunity to do that with a lot of different things and and this was true with Target Run too where I was thinking a lot about like combat in D and D and it was like how can you make it like like how can you make it like make it fun how can you make it fun like like fun and not not yeah, in the sense in, of yeah in not you but you know, like like so, someone might be like combat's very fun dungeons and dragons is very fun what are you talking not like fun in the sense of like fun to play but fun like light-hearted fun like yeah. a like more like My a, characters not scared he's going to be killed right now exactly exactly it more you know more like uh like you'd see in like the mighty ducks or whatever yeah. like that's like combat of a sense you know yeah. of like the checking into the thing and then she's like i'm a girl and i can skate better than you and then she like swirls around like that's fun like i love that like yeah. that's fun stuff you know 
yeah, it's the little bit that I've read of Target Run so far has been very interesting and very fun. I can see the like. I think more people need to try out modules like this because they they break up the pace. Like the last game that I was in was it was a lot of fun, but it was dark and it was a lot of dark and it was a lot of dark for really long stretches of time. And then I was just like, all right, big scary twist. Okay, now we're going to the next one. And I loved it. I loved it. But eventually, it just kind of like, I think this is a really good way to kind of reset. Like, your characters would want to break. <laughs> exactly. It's just natural. Like, you know, we don't go from... Uh, I mean, look, I, I, you know, it's like for, for characters in D&D, adventures are their job. Like, they go mm-hmm. and they accept these quests. It's their job. And, like... Jobs are can be fun. Like you can have a fun job. I have a fun job, but it doesn't mean I don't want to break every once in a while. It doesn't mean I want to go, you know, <laughs> relax in a, you know, in a spa or whatever in a hot tub, you know, and just not think about writing for a minute, you know. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I hope Target Room will provide for characters. Um, you know, a, a chance to a chance to get away, a chance to get away from the the darkness and the the brooding. And, uh, and try something something different and may have a memory. You know, I, I find that the things I remember most in D&D or in tabletop role-play games are the ones, are the, the sessions that really stood out to yep. me. They aren't the ones that it's the same thing that we usually do. It's the one that we did something different, something strange happened. You know, and I think players are hungry for that. You know, like uh, there's always there's that meme of of um, you know uh, the DM says you know I created this waiter character with a funny accent who was meant to be in the game for a, literally like a minute and they end up the players end up inviting him to drink at their table and pretty soon he's like part of their party and I've got to do this like funny voice but they'll like. The players will never forget the day that they met this funny voiced waiter guy because it's like so it just stands out to them as something that was so different from what they were, would yeah. normally do, you know. And uh, yeah, that's the energy I think that Target Run brings. It's like this is something different, something uh, something you maybe haven't done before. Yeah. And I wanted to talk a little bit about previous relationships with Five E, specifically your work with Helm Grayskull. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was something that you helped develop, and it's a different tone, right? Like it's like, yeah, Help Great Castle is like a whole other thing. It's like a whole other thing. Um, it was great. It's about the brainchild of uh, Henry Barajas, who's a very talented comics creator. Mm-hmm. Um, he works for he's worked for Top Cow and for Image, and um, he and I think now for for uh, Oni Press. Um, Henry's he had this great idea and he sought my help with it in the beginning but basically yeah. it was like there's a, a magazine called Rolled and Told I don't know if he ever contributed to it but I did I was one of the uh, game designers for this magazine Rolled and Told and basically okay. the idea was to bring together the comics world and the D&D world and it mm-hmm. was uh, it was a hit it was a hit in game shops people definitely picked it up it was the victim of a merger between two companies that oh, sort of got lost it got unfortunate yeah, it sort of got lost in the shuffle. But the art, but it's uh, it's collected in two lovely archives um, from, uh, from, I believe, published by Oni, uh, uh, and, and you can pick them up on at your bookshop.org. Okay. Um, 
So look, you can look for Rolled and Told. My stuff is in the second volume. So I strongly recommend the second volume of Rolled and Told. I hear that one's even better than the first. No, they're both they're both great. But anyway, um, so we, I think it's stuck in Henry's mind. It's like, what what if we did instead of a magazine? What if it was like a comic, and it was, and then you could take those characters and you could play them in the same issue. So the oh. so so one issue of Helm Greycastle is both an ongoing comic series and adventure series that takes place in ancient Aztec times, and it's a it's like a fantasy adventure in mm-hmm. that space. And then uh, and then you you have these uh, seven page uh, supplements, you know, these seven page modules where we take those characters and we bring them to your table, we bring them to the game to your to your game table, and. Um, I thought it was a really cool idea, and I, I talked with him about it, about uh, asked him some questions that were hard for him to answer at first, and then <laughs> we would talk again like three months later, and he'd be like, okay, I think I figured out this. And then I'd be like, okay, but did you figure out this? And he'd be like, hold on a minute. And then I talked to him like four months later. But eventually he he nailed it, and uh, I think it's great. I, I think the series is, is really cool. I got to I wrote the module for issue two, um, out of the, I think it's a four-part series, um, and uh, yeah, I, I think they're really fun. We we play tested it, and, and uh, yeah, it's really cool. The in so the one I wrote is called uh, Belly of the Beast, okay. and uh, you are so I guess so DMs pay attention, but if you're a player and you don't want to be spoiled, uh, fast forward a little bit. It's fast forward a minute or two. Click that thirty second button a couple. Click times. the thirty second button a couple times exactly. But basically, the premise is you are helping Helm Greycastle. Helm Greycastle's his arc is he's trying to find this this prince who okay. has been a kidnapped prince. And uh, in the module, he thinks that the prince has been kidnapped in this ancient temple where human sacrifices take place. It's like very well known that like people come into this temple and they don't come out. And it turns out that the temple itself is actually doing the sacrifices. It mm. is uh, it is a monster that was brought to life by the evil magician in the book and it basically has an in uh has an unquenchable thirst for uh for for blood. And so uh you know how like the gelatinous cube like is designed to like go around the halls of the, the of the dungeon yeah. and like eat refuse and stuff. Imagine instead of a gelatinous cube, it's like the temple fills with like that kind of slime, that, like a digestive fluid okay. that comes in and like eats all the organic matter that's in the the temple. And uh, you and the adventurers, including Helm, are the organic matter. Uh, so uh, there's treasure to be uh, found. There's puzzles to be uh, to be solved, and there's a t- and, and there's a ticking clock as you have to escape before you are eaten by this uh, by the temple itself. So it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and that's like, you know, uh, because the the format itself is so inventive, you know. Um, it feels more like a traditional module, but I like uh-huh. the mechanic of like the. T- because, like, you know, you have, like, dungeons and dragons. Yeah. Right? I like the idea that the dungeon itself was sort of the dragon. That, yeah. like, the that the, the temple was the big bad. The, the place you're exploring is alive and is a problem, you know. 
So, uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's Helm Great Castle uh, issue two, Belly of the Beast, uh, with uh, artwork by Jen Vaughn, a map by Jen Vaughn, and she's a, a very very talented uh, artist in the uh, in the dungeoning the D D and D scene. <laughs> I love that setup so much. How did the experience with that though help with the development of something like Target Run? So, um, it's actually the reverse. Oh. Um, yeah, Target Run helped me develop Helm Greycastle. Um, and it's a funny thing. What so okay, so in the so in the class they they tell you okay, use a movie to like inspire your your game, right? In this RPG workshop. And so okay, so I was like Kaishak. I'm going to do Kaishak. But the thing was, like, for me in my brain, like in my writer brain, so I, I've written, in addition to games, I've written a lot of other stuff. I've written yeah. television and film and audio fiction and a lot of stuff. And so for me, it's like, okay, like I'm writing a movie, right? That's how I, that's how mm-hmm. I interpreted it in my head. Yeah. And so I wanted to give it that sort of movie structure, that sort of three-act movie-type structure, right, with the module. And uh, it ended up being a lot longer than I thought it would be. Um, and it ended up being, I was trying to keep it short, but it ended up being like 30 some odd pages, which, you know, that's a pretty significant, that's a pretty, that's Sizable. a pretty significant piece of writing, you know? Um, and so, uh, you know, there's a lot of testing that comes with that. There's a lot of, re- I did a lot of research. It was like a big, big thing. And so from everything I learned about designing D&D modules working on target run and finishing that, I was then able to take that into the shorter seven page and be like, oh, okay, here are a bunch of tricks of the trade that I learned going, you know, while working on target run that I can apply to make the process of writing this module a lot easier. Um, the the, um, the Helm Grade Castle module a lot easier. So it ended up being more about like i ended up like learning efficiency in D okay. game design i ended up learning how to like streamline how to like figure things out faster by doing like the big thing which is which for any aspiring game writers game designers out there i would not recommend doing that um <laughs> i i did it the opposite way what you what i would recommend doing is start with the three page you know the one page three page five page module and build one to build something small and that's with a beginning middle and end that is functional that works that you've play tested and then start slowly expanding and building bigger things that and then eventually your dream project which i would say for most creators is probably you know something like a 30 to 50 power, maybe long, maybe a multi series, um, you know, adventure module or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd recommend building up to that. Start, start small, um, start with your prototype adventure. Uh, but I had had a lot of experience work doing tabletop design before, so I, I, I knew what I was, I, I knew from the ba- I knew from the basic mechanics of how to do it, but. I guess with that with that prompt of make it like a movie, I like took that to like the extreme. I took that to like, yeah, like I do. I want that emotional arc. I want that like the the pathos. I want you know, I want to yeah. hit I want the potential to hit those 
beats in the story, um, or at the very least, if if not that, uh, an adventure that felt substantial, like a movie does for mm-hmm. um, for for an audience member. And so, yeah, I would I would go the op- I could definitely go the opposite way, um, you know, for for something. But but yeah, anyway, <laughs> that's what I learned. Speaking of like a movie, before we actually did this interview right now we had a fair bit of back and forth that lasted a couple weeks mainly because i'm really bad at responding to emails (laughs) i am notoriously bad for that as known by basically every interviewee that has been on this show you're not by far you are i'm not not the the worst worst. i'm just not not great (laughs) it's not great um anyway Um, so yeah we were talking we were talking on email Slowly, but sh- slowly, but surely. Slowly, but surely. One of the things that you told me about was one of your current favorite tabletop role-playing games, which is called Straight to Video by Ryan Mellon and... Oh, yeah. Straight to VHS is the title Straight of to the game. VHS. Wow. Why did I write video? I have it right here. Anyways, Straight to VHS. I looked at it, the, the open bit. First of all, it's really freaking cool, but <laughs> it's got a really similar tone to Target Run. Yeah. For sure. Can you tell me a little bit about what goes into making a game get that vibe? Because Target Run and Straight to VHS both have that like very much like, yeah, this is 80s, 90s. Like. Right. The So uh, the way to, the, I, in my opinion, the thing that makes 80s and 90s so much fun is uh, is the emphasis on as they say in uh, as a, and it's a mechanic in straight to VHS pushing it to the limit, right? Like uh, there's a movie called Van Nuys Boulevard. It's a bad. I think it's late seventies, early eighties movie. Okay. And uh, in this movie, it's a comedy about uh, cruising culture in California. So this was a time. When before you would swipe right and swipe, you know, with mobile apps, the way you would meet people is you would get in your car and you'd go to Van Nuys Boulevard. You just like drive around and like stuff (laughs) would happen to you. Um, And so uh, so there's a scene in this movie where a guy gets a giant hoagie (laughs) and he's like. He's like, I really want to eat a sandwich. I really want to eat this giant sandwich. And the kid, like, opens up his mouth really wide. And then you cut to an emergency room because he's dislocated his jaw trying to eat a giant sandwich. Now, (laughs) is this the type of movie that is, like, deeply concerned with, like, the logic of that? Like... It's possible that somebody could injure themselves eating a giant sandwich, but it's just so weird. It's like such like a weird idea, and it's like th- so. So I think to get that energy, you have to kind of be willing to like throw stuff at the wall, and like that includes. So so it doesn't mean making characters without pathos. I, I think Tazvan actually has quite a bit of pathos as a character, and you can end up, you know, you, you'll you'll feel something for her for sure. And yeah. there's other characters too, like the Pixies, who have sort of a deeper story. But then there's others that are I paint with a very broad brush. There's like Stooge characters, there's like Elf Stooges, you know, there's, uh, you know, the villain is Yelbalar, and he's like a real asshole, like there's a, there's a clueless uh, receptionist at the hotel who doesn't know anything about other races besides elves and asks you like inappropriate questions. 
And it's just like be, being unafraid to like to like bring in characters that are like defined by one funny character trait. You know, it's like yeah. it's like clueless or you know angry or you know belligerent or you know or uh, klutzy. You know, just being able to put those characters in and then just like heightening on that as they say in comedy you heighten on it so it's like okay in this scene you know the stooges uh are are scheming but it's clear that they're not very they're not very good you know (laughs) in the next scene they like literally bump into each other and knock each other out you know in the following scene they end up accidentally tying themselves up with rope. This doesn't actually happen in Target Run, but I'm just giving you like a sense of like, oh, yeah. okay, like like their character trait is that they're bumbling. So like, how do we like heighten that and make that like more fun throughout? Okay. Yeah. So in the case of Target Run, like the stakes get higher as the game goes on. You realize that that there's a lot more happening here than just a game of just to sport uh-huh. Alligan that it actually like there are like a there's like a marriage is at stake, which is always <laughs> funny to me. Um, you know, there's a group of, as I said, pixie revolutionaries who uh, who are trying to take back the land that this was uh, that the, the spa was built on. It's rightfully theirs. There's all these things you can learn about the characters and the story that sort of heighten the stakes as you go on. So by the end, you really want to win this game um, because it's like, oh, it means it'll mean something to you uh, depending yeah. on how you explore the world. Okay. So yeah, so uh, you know, and straight to VHS, it's all about the height. It's all about these broad stock characters. So you know, there's like there's like werewolves, like skateboarding werewolves. There's like, you know, the most uh, memorable picture. I love that yeah. piece so much. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I love it too. It's so so much fun. Um, you know, there's like all the basically in straight to VHS they do tropes. And yeah. so you build a character based on two tropes. So it's like hacker and talking animal and you put that together. It's like, okay, what does a hacker talking animal look like? And then you figure that, you know, you figure yeah. that out. So, yeah, it, cuz it's a it's a way of like creating yeah, just but just just having fun with it, like let you know, like letting go and uh, not going too heavy on lore and backstory, like just painting it with a with a kind of with a broad brush where the player gets the idea. Yeah, that's 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 it. as opposed to trying to like explain everything or making them feel all the feels. You sort of are just like I am just dedicated to like entertaining you as a player yeah. with like the craziest action and the most unexpected twists and like the deep, you know, the, these fun characters and just going for it. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's so much fun. <laughs> uh, oh, I totally forgot to mention when this, when we started um, target run, it debuted as number one for hottest community comedy on DMs guild. So first of all, congratulations on that. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, second, how did you feel about that? I felt great. I, I was really surprised. Um, you know, it's my first thing on DM Scale. Not the first thing I've ever done, but the first thing I did on, on this platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I felt very welcomed by that. Um, 
you know, the, the folks from my Adventure Stack newsletter, they were picking it up. Folks who had just seen it on DM Skills were picking it up. Yeah. Um, people who, uh, you know, in various discords and stuff that I'm a part of, they were picking it up. And um, yeah, it ended up, uh, it, 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 it ended up debuting at number one. I was just super, super happy with it. Um, um, very, yeah, it was very exciting. That's so good. We're actually starting to run a little bit low on time here, Jeffrey. But yeah. One of my favorite things to ask every designer who comes on the show is about what advice could you give somebody who is looking to start making their own project? Yeah. But they're they've never really done it before. They don't know where to start. Where do you think that they should focus? What are some things that they should keep in mind? Great. Well, I'll reiterate what I said before, which I yeah. think is is uh, worth highlighting, which is to start small. Um, you know, I I, uh, I tried running uh, several years ago, like for the first time, and I'd never gone running before. But I was like, I want some exercise. I'm going to go running, oh, and that's I just a like story. Yeah, and it just like <laughs> I went outside and I was like started running, and then like in like two minutes, I was exhausted, and I was like. This is the worst thing in the world. I'll never be. I'll never. I am so out of shape. I will never be able to run. And then uh, a couple of weeks later, I discovered an app called uh, Couch to 5K. And what Couch to 5K does is it acclimates you to running. You start by jogging. You start by just walking. And then it'll be like, okay, like jog for like a minute. Try just like jogging for a minute. And then you jog for like a minute. And then it's like, okay, like what? Let's walk for 10. Walk for 10. You know, and over time, what it does is with every session, it slowly acclimates you to running. It's you get to do less jogging, more running. And now I can like uh, I can like run a 5K, which is really cool. Um, but it took a long it's a long process to get there. Yeah, I think for creative projects, it's like, you know, we see the thing that we want to emulate. Right. And it's like a bit usually it's like a big, crazy thing. Um, in video games, it's commonly an RPG. So like, oh, I love like Final Fantasy, like, or, I, you know, I love uh, Dragon Quest. Or whatever. I want to create like an RPG. I want to create like a 400 hour like video game, you know, role playing yeah. game. And like, that's, that's very, very difficult to do as your first project. Um, it's not impossible but what will probably happen is you'll get frustrated. There'll be a lot of technical challenges you don't understand. The 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 uh, there's so many mechanics in these types of games that you'll like lose track of them, and and you'll be building and all. Oh, okay, I want to build this, but but I don't know how to do this, and it'll be so overwhelming that you don't that that you like. Eh, I you know this isn't for me. You know. Yeah. So I would say as a designer, it's great to prototype. Prototype, prototype, prototype. Make something small. There's a great, um, every year they do this game jams, the one page RPG jam. Yes. Um, great opportunity to just make something quick. I made one this year um, that was like a theme park design game. It's just like a, it's like a, it's like a game where you role play as theme park designers and everybody makes their own ride and then tours the other players through it. And then you create a theme park at the table. Um, and you have like a memorable day, memorable day at the park. Um, like it took me, you know, 
an hour and a half, two hours maybe to do it. Um, you know, it was a very simple mechanics. It was a very simple design. Um, and uh, yeah, and I, and I made something and I put it out there into the world. And now I can make another, you know, and now I can make another. Now I've had that experience. And so when I go and I make another thing that's maybe slightly more complicated, uh, I have that experience to draw from. Yeah. Um, so that's something I would keep in mind. Um, I'd also say um, don't be afraid to be cliche. You know, I think a lot of people, uh, when they make stuff, they are worried that their stuff is too uh, derivative. And like, you know, when we start out, when we first start out making stuff, like what we're going to make is copies of the thing we like, the thing that inspired us to get into doing it in the first place. That's just a natural part of the process. I, I say don't be afraid to be cliche. Right, you know, just write. Just like write or, or just make. Make the thing. It's in your head. You know, make a small thing that's in your head. doesn't matter if you've played 100 versions of it before. Be 101 because the point isn't to uh, make the most mind-blowing thing. The point is to just get practice in terms of building the muscle memory to do it and the knowledge base to do it. And then from there, you can build up and and, uh, make bigger and grander things. That's such good advice. That's really good advice. Like, thank you. And for for more than just writing, too, though, just like yeah. start small. Like, start small, get bigger. Absolutely. With art, you know, it's the same thing. You know, you you maybe you're you're, you're not going to draw. Uh, you, you know, you're not going to draw the Mona Lisa on your first day out. No. You know, you're going <laughs> to learn learn. You have to learn anatomy, like you or you know, if you're uh, an abstract artist, you know, you whatever. I like to. I I generally would advise an artist to learn anatomy for as like a first step because that's, that's how i started yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, you, you gotta learn anatomy course you gotta learn where the body parts were how they work and what's going on with them uh and then yeah and then you you draw you draw simple line work first and and just practice getting curves practice the motions you know practice flowing you know just the little little elements here and there and mm-hmm. then you sort of build your style you know, you start by tra- a lot of people trace when they first start drawing. I yeah. think that's totally. I think that's totally fine. The, the traced, you know, your traced Wolverine isn't going to be in the, you know, isn't going to get you into Marvel comics on your first day. But that's not the point. It's a journey. You're learning how to draw the comic. You're learning how to draw anatomy and fine art and stuff. So, you know, and over time, you will build up the confidence. And the uh, and the skill set to be able to make those those big things. Yeah, that's yeah. That, that, that no, that's that's great advice. Like I'm not even being like joking around or anything. Like that. No, yeah. no, you got to start small. Start so small, build big. <laughs> so we've actually gone for just under fifty minutes now. Cool. Um, so Jeffrey, where can people find out more about? you and target run absolutely well target run is on the dm skilled uh you could just go you go to dmskilled.com you put in target run in the search and you'll see it it's got a big bright cover with a big target on it you can't miss it um great illustration by uh by matt rice who's a terrific illustrator yeah um you can find me on twitter at jeffrey golden i spell it g-e-o-f-f-r-e-y like the giraffe and g-o-l-d-e-n like the color um and you put those two things together. Wow, you, you got a Twitter page. You can follow me there. 
And, uh, and you can also uh, you follow my newsletter, Adventure Snack. It's free uh, every two weeks. It's a new uh, Choose Your Path adventure game that I send to my subscribers. And, and I also uh, write about some of the things I'm working on. And uh, you can get that at adventuresnack.com. Yeah. And go go follow Jeffrey. There's a lot of really cool stuff that he does. He does just like, and it's just like, it's a change of pace that's so nice. Like, <laughs> I love it so much. And I, I love my dark fantasy. I love all that stuff. But like, just having something I can sit down and be like, this is what I'm doing for today. And I'm really looking forward to it is such oh. a treat. Like, I don't have to worry about the character I've been playing for two years falling down a hole and breaking both of his legs <laughs> and like dying. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Let, let that character uh, get drunk at a party and, uh, you know, crash a, crash a snooty party and uh, crash a snooty party and threaten an elf, I guess. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, play air guitar and, and people, <laughs> people chant his name, you know, like that's, that's fun. That's a fun adventure too. Um, that, Zach, thank you so much. This 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 whole evening is a nice change of pace. Nice sitting down yeah. and talking with you. You've got a great vibe. You have a oh, great vibe. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm still trying to figure out what that word means sometimes, but I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> so, everybody, go follow Jeffrey and go check out Target Run. He's got a lot of stuff that's going on. And, like, that newsletter, it's really cool. So make sure you're going to follow that. All that stuff, that's going to be down in the description below. I'll get that off of you, Jeffrey, and we can just plug that below so people can click on it and go right there. Terrific. As always, thank you for joining us. Jeffrey, thank you for joining me this evening. Thank you for having me. And I just want to wish you all to... Wish you all? What the fuck does that mean? I just want to thank you all for coming here and joining us. So have a good night. Take care of yourselves. See you next time. Bye. We wish you. We wish you all. Yeah, we wish you holiday, all. Uh, happy Halloween. <laughs> oh happy yeah, Halloween. I guess this is coming out right before Halloween. Happy Halloween. Ooh, it's scary. Spooky, <laughs> spooky game. There <laughs> right. we go. Halloween. Take care, everybody. <laughs> Jeffrey and Target Run. They're already launched. So go get it. Have a good night. Bye. Thank you so much to Jeffrey for coming onto the show this week. I honestly can't remember the last time I laughed so much, and he just has an incredible vibe. Jeffrey has a lot of different works out there, and they are really accessible and easy to find, so I highly recommend looking into them, Target Run specifically. And thank you, listener. It's hard to believe, but we are coming up onto a year since we started this journey together, and I am so excited we've been going this long. If you like the show and want to hear more, Please let someone know what you think or consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Word of mouth is the best way for us to grow, but fighting giant algorithms might be the second. Next week, we have a very interesting episode with Tanya Floker, a small indie designer with a very interesting game called Be Seeing You. I hope to see you all there. Until then, take care of yourselves. Bye. <laughs>